Welcome back to another episode of Fret Buzz the Podcast. Hi, I'm Aaron Sefcik, and every week together with my co-host Joe McMurray, we focus on how we musicians and professionals approach our craft, giving insight to help us all become better and more informed musicians. This week, we're going to pick up on part two and continue the awesome conversation that we had with Quist. But before we do that, if you haven't already, I do want to direct your attention towards the Guinness Book of World Records. A couple of months ago, Rob Scallon got a bunch of pedal makers together at Sweetwater and built the world's largest pedal board. It is quite impressive. The reason that I bring this up is because, well, there's a few people there that you may see on Fret Buzz the podcast in the future. As always, if you're new to the show, head on over to iTunes and give us a review if you like the show. Stop on by at fretbuzzthepodcast.com. And if you'd like to support the show, head on over to Patreon and peruse the tiers. And a quick little reminder, if you are listening on podcasts, don't forget there is a Fret Buzz the Podcast YouTube channel where you can see the guests and any of the visuals that go along with the episode. And with that, I don't want to hold up anything any longer. I want to thank you for listening. And let's jump into part two with Quist on Fret Buzz the Podcast. You also obviously are known for your online presence. Um, how, like, the, tell us about that journey. Yeah, I mean, it was born out of uh, kind of passion, you know, uh, and like, um, uh, and there was maybe it was a little bit uh, of a coincidence as well. But like, I, like I said, you know, I've, I've been making jam. I made the jam tracks when I was a child, you know, and so in London, I. Before I started touring like full time, um, I was teaching at w- what could be called um, London's version of Musicians Institute, like the the place that churns out the most like high profile session players, basically. Uh, so I was I was teaching there, and and uh, at one point uh, I was teaching students about improvisation and you know concepts for of that nature and i was like well let me make you a jam track for what we're talking about uh and like so i started to do that with some of the students and i did that via youtube you know i was like well i'll just put it on youtube and you, you guys can go there <laughs> uh, so like the you know if you look at my some of my very first videos it'll be comments from like students at that school you know um or university yeah. rather um and so it was like it was just like doing stuff with whatever was in front of me and then some of those jams like some of the um, uh you know modal jams that i put up they they i wouldn't say blew up but like they they found an audience pretty pretty quickly oh, yeah. uh and and so i was like oh okay <laughs> that uh there's there's something here because i didn't see anybody else doing it pretty much and certainly nobody was doing it the way that i was doing it um i, I did my thing with a solo in the, at the start uh and then you know leave the, the space for for somebody else to to solo and uh so yeah it was just like wow okay uh something is something's right here and it was crude as hell it was i mean they didn't sound great 
I didn't know much about anything to do with making music. I mean, I knew how to make music and play things, but I, right. I didn't know how to record anything very well at all. Like, I, it was pretty crude, so it did, did not sound amazing. It was more because I think that there was not a lot of stuff that was out there at all. So it was right. like filling a void, really, right. more, yeah. th- more, yeah. than, more than anything. Yeah. The content. The content. Content, the yeah. Well, it was content that wasn't there, you know. So people right. were like, oh, I can practice my detour. And if I, uh, you know, if they were searching up detour and they're like, oh, I can jam on this. Let me try that. And then so... So, so I think that, uh, in all honesty, was how it uh, how it kicked off, you know, in, at the beginning. And then I, I, you know, I stopped teaching and um, started touring full time with like various artists uh, and on my own uh, in in um, you know based from London, but like everywhere in the world basically. And then I just started um, to uh, record like the jam tracks on the road. So that's why you see them from, and then I, at one point I started writing where I was to just kind of for the heck of it to uh, also to remember all the goddamn hotel, hotel rooms along the mm-hmm. way, you know? <laughs> so I started to notice, note where I was. And also because, and you know, just to kind of stick out as well, because nobody else uh, that I know of does that, uh, you know, um, makes jam tracks and, and records uh, intros from all over the world and so i thought well let me just you know i've got something going on and it just built up through many years you know i toured for i you know toured for a, a long time with various artists and uh especially i mean the, the last five years of touring and realizing that i could make this a I could make this a thing that pays for the bills and pays for where I live and things like that. Uh, you know, I realized that a little while ago and, and so I've just been that guy, you know, on the tour bus, just, uh, working all the time. So I just, uh, put in the work, you know, and, and, and put out like, I mean, 700 tracks or something uh, over the last, wow. you know, long time. So, so it's, um, <laughs> so it's just continuous work you know and trying to see what people are people are enjoying and and rolling with that and you know rolling with what i love and what people seem to enjoy so i got i got um uh, not roped into but i i steered towards doing a lot of blues because you know you know i have loads of blues tracks with you know uh, you know more than a million views each and like those those really get hit up by a lot of people so i'm like well i'll make some more of those i love playing the blues yeah so i'm gonna play the blues you know and uh and and some of my jazz tracks got very big as well so i'm like well i'm kind of a jazzer at heart as well so i'll play some jazz tracks so uh for somebody who comes into my world they may be a bit confused because I uh, can be a bit Swiss knifey about uh, what I do, but uh, but it, but you know, um, but yeah. So the success of the YouTube channel is literally just, I guess, because I just built up a thing with you know a lot of people over a long time, <laughs> and just listening to people and trying to say, yeah, I love this thing, you love this thing, let me give you some more of that, and then just leaning into what's working constantly. Yeah. Do you do? a live uh, YouTube at all? Uh, I did a series last year where I was live on YouTube, but um, uh, I did actually two different things, but 
I didn't really have to. I couldn't make my equipment work <laughs> with it properly. Okay. Um, I it, uh, I did like a. I did a live jam, which was like three hours long. I set myself a thing where I played on it. I made a loop and played on it for three hours, and wow, to see what uh, what my what my soloing would be like after three hours. And um, and after I did that video, everything I did on YouTube was out of sync. Oh, so I don't know if like I messed up something in YouTube or whether my equipment what whatever happened, I just could not fix this sync issue so uh, right. uh, eventually i was like ah <laughs> whatever but uh, moving on <laughs> yeah, but as we speak i've actually just um i've just um gotten the newest i mean i had a really old iphone after uh, for the last long long time uh, i'm not like super interested in techie things uh, to do with you know phones and stuff but i just got the very newest like xs iphone so I'm actually going to start doing some more live stuff on YouTube because the you know the, the sound and picture and everything the reliability reliability of of that scenario is is, is pretty good. So I'm gonna um, I'm probably gonna start doing some more live stuff. Okay, I didn't I didn't was I didn't know if you you had done any like live Q and A with Quist. That would be kind of cool. Yeah, well that's what that that's what I was doing. Uh, the um, the, the the kind of series I was doing was like I would you know jam and then just like Q and A sit and chat to people and uh and that but people get annoyed when it's a super bad picture picture quality and b like out of sync you know mm. that's kind of tedious to watch so uh but i think that i will have eliminated those problems now so i'll probably do some of those yeah do, do you guys do those kinds of things uh no I, I would love to i think that would be um once we build our fan base a little bit more uh i, yeah. would, I would love to kind of go down that route and be able to do yeah uh, it seems to be working for a lot of people that i follow and you know obviously i follow it so <laughs> it, yeah. it is interesting even though i may not pitch in i do definitely like to see what audiences have to you know, ask and, and and some of the responses i just like that interaction um so yeah yeah I, it's I super that, valuable for you as well yeah. Like, because, you know, it's like you're, you're, you're getting fed, you're getting fed all the information about what's great and what's not, you know, and uh, yeah. yeah, it's, it's just, it's makes so much sense for uh, on, on, on a lot of levels uh, to be doing uh, Q and A's and that kind of interaction. I love that about um, the internet, you yeah. know, the, the, the way that it's enables people to communicate. Now I make full use of that. I think it's amazing. And uh, it's exciting, you know. So with your YouTube live experience, even though it it seemed you're saying it's been limited, did you advertise for a period leading up to the live session that you're going to go live on whatever date at this time? And and then what was the showing like? Like, did people show up? Did people stick around for large periods of time? Uh, I will be perfectly honest with you. Uh, because I literally tried to fix the technical aspects of my live stuff throughout doing those things. Like, uh, you know, like I was like, I was trying, trying to make it good enough quality for me to like properly push it because I didn't want to properly push it before I was like, yeah, this is now great. And nobody's saying, Hey, it's out of sync or, right. or, uh, are you in like Timbuktu? Cause the, uh, <laughs> the quality is like four pixels. Um, so, so, so I, I didn't like massively push it, um, at, at any point, but yes, I mean, I, I would like leave, uh, leave it up on like, uh, 
maybe Facebook or whatever at the time. I've, I've kind of I don't use Facebook a lot anymore, but like um, um, you know, I've maybe tweeted or, or, or whatever, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. but uh, but yeah, that's that's the way to do it. But but I think what what I did, which is was probably helped the uh, it create some people was that I or create an audience, which was that I did it uh, regularly. You know, I did it every every Sunday. I took that from my good friend Marty, uh, Marty Swartz, you know, who's, yeah. he's, you know, through his, you know, be, I mean, he's been doing his Saturday uh, one o'clock live stream, uh, which was on Facebook only before, but now it's also uh, on, on, on his YouTube channel. But like, you know, when he stopped doing his first big YouTube channel, you know, um, guitar jams and, and started his own current YouTube channel, the whole interim, you know, he really pushed his his Saturday um, live jams and everything like that. And I've done like I don't think five of them or something. Uh, I've, I've been on his uh, his show many times, and, and like it's awesome, you know. And he doesn't. He, I mean, he puts it up on like Instagram and whatever that he's got such and such guest or he's talking about such and such. Um, uh, but he, you know, you don't have to do that much advertising after a while because if you do it every day for like literally sorry every uh every week on a certain time on a certain day for literally years you will have built up uh, a nice audience of people that are like oh it's it's, it's, it's you know it's marty swartz lifetime you know yeah yep <laughs> that helps you know and and as a creator myself i've, I've started making use of that um principle in I've started, I mean, I started, uh, I'm, I'm forever trying to find like a good balance between committing to a certain release schedule and being free to create because the, because like the majority of my time is spent and the majority of my income comes from things that I create at the moment. So I'm always trying to leave enough space to roll with things that are created, especially when you create with other people. But like, uh, I realized that having a set thing is very helpful for uh, creating an audience. So I started in April, I started a new series called Wednesday warmups, which is like, I like warm -up exercises. Cause I love like warmups. And like, when I go out and play a gig, I always warm up really well. Like uh, it's just one of those things, you know, I'm like, it's probably the belly thing coming up again. You know, I like to, uh, the, the, I'm kind of an athlete at heart. Uh, I like to warm up and do things properly and, stuff like that so so to make some more creative and kind of musical warm-ups i started this series where i do a warm-up every wednesday and uh and but like that's one day a week and it's just you know it's time consuming but it's i can i can i've still got enough space to like you know roll with larger creative projects that are time consuming and 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 that sort of thing so uh so i yeah what i'm saying is there's definitely um there's a value in having something like uh, repeating like that and something that people will show up for again and again. And you build up a, a thing, you know, with people because they keep coming back and uh, it's definitely a good thing. Um, but like at one point I went way over and I was like, I said, OK, I'm going to be releasing tracks uh, every week, every day. Uh, so I released tracks for every day and I was touring like full-time touring at the same time in in uh in i think it started about april may 2016 i had a uh 
like a four or five month period or something when I was touring the world, all over the world and creating tracks every single day on YouTube. Uh, and it was insane. I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't like, you know, I was like shell after that. And, uh, and I couldn't create anything of like larger projects. Like, um, like, you know, I was trying to finish a record and I was trying to, you know, do other stuff that I would be, you know, very happy to see probably more happy than one gazillion jam tracks. So it's just always getting the balance, right. Isn't I'm sure, I'm sure that you guys can, can not, I can, you know, know what I'm talking about. It's always like a balancing act, yeah. balancing what, you know, what's really working and balancing what's making you happy, balancing, you know, getting, getting towards the things, finishing the things that mean something to you. And mm. like, it's, it's always a balancing act as a musician, I feel. And like saying no to things that maybe don't take you down the road that you actually want to be going and things like that. Yeah. Um, it's hard, but it's also great. You know, I'm super grateful. <laughs> yeah. I feel like my life is constantly putting out whatever fire is like right in front of me. Right. Like after this, I'm going to be cramming for my, I've got a three hour jazz gig this evening, this evening, if the rain goes, doesn't hit us too hard. So like, you know, I, I know the songs, but it, I haven't played these exact songs for a little while. And I, yeah, you know, I'm going to end up and take the dog on a walk and then I'm going to be pl playing those songs until I, until I load up the car to go to the gig. Yeah. But then it's like, okay, well then I've got gigs all next weekend that I'm like different stuff. Yeah. So it's just constantly like, what do I have to prepare for tonight? You know, Oh, I need to, I mean, I don't do nearly as much in all honesty. I don't do nearly as much with the episodes as Aaron does. Aaron does lots of work. Editing <laughs> these episodes. And yeah. um, I mean, I struggle just get just getting the episode descriptions written and things like that. Like, <laughs> get you know corresponding with you you know people like you about guesting on the show aaron i mean you do like at one point at the beginning when you weren't as streamlined you were saying it took you like eight to ten hours an episode to yeah. edit down and prep yep. and get it out there yeah it's really time consuming that stuff well there's a there's a there's uh whenever time i mean whenever you take on a, and this goes across the board you know, whenever you take on a new project that is something new to you, there is definitely a learning curve. And as long as you're willing to work with that learning curve, you know, and whittle it down to, you know, streamline it. <laughs> and mm -hmm. that doesn't matter if it's podcasting or learning a new instrument or learning, yeah. you know, audio production or whatever it is that you're passionate about. You, you do have a, a, a tall wall in front of you but you just chisel it down bit by bit and it it just becomes easier and easier after a while that is the joy yeah you're so right like that the more you do something mm. the you know the better you get at doing it efficiently it's that's that's so true like you you just develop this mythology mythology yeah methodology uh, yeah methodology that's the word <laughs> thank you <laughs> like you know and then things gradually becomes uh, more and more streamlined. Yeah. And, and that's a, the joy of doing it over and over again. Yeah. Well, yeah. an experience that I would really like to hear about that we haven't gotten to yet really is the session work that you've been doing in LA. Oh yeah. Um, do you consistently do studio sessions where you're paid to come in and play on somebody's 
album and you're you sign away uh, your rights to the music you just you're paid uh, i've done a fair few of those yeah um that's certainly one thing that i do and the i mean occasionally i'll say yes to a tour as well um the tour the touring and the and the studio work are uh definitely things that i i do here now but i'm a little bit selective about that stuff actually to be perfectly honest like you know sometimes uh if the music or the price isn't right i'll happily say no at the moment because uh because of what i do myself is working i feel like when i i have to justify when i'm not working on my own music I, it has to be justified by uh, either it being great music with great people or um or that the paper packet is is right and that sounds really cold, maybe, or, or calculating, no. or whatever. No, 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 no. no. I'm but, shaking my head the entire time. <laughs> right? Yeah. Just, you know, it's just, I just, it. you know, you got to be selective as a musician, like, uh, and you got to steer <clears throat> steer your path like a uh, fascist. I, I try to, anyway. You know, I really try and be uh, rigid about what I say yes to and what I what I say say no to and 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 this sounds really bad but and where which context i get seen in and stuff like that you know and uh because i really try to do at this point you know i'm not 20 years old anymore and i'd like to i'd like to be doing you know just the stuff that i love to do all the time that's all that's been my you know probably for the last 10 years i've sort of worked purposefully at, towards being able to be in a situation where I literally spend all of my time doing what I love to do. And and uh, maybe that sounds like a stretch or maybe that sounds like an easy thing for some people. Or I, I don't know, but like uh, it's, that's a challenge. And it's not just like a challenge to get to that because I feel that I've kind of, you know, I've gotten a long, a large part of the way to getting to that actually. Like I've worked really hard to be able to, you know, I, I don't have to, to say yes to anybody's offers of doing anything at the moment because I'm making enough from doing my music, um, which is something I've worked at for so many years. And I'm extremely thankful that I've gotten to the point where I can say that, you know, where, where that is the actual fact. It makes sense. I mean, you, you for anybody who's worked a really long time and paid their dues and really um, gone after their dream and never given up, um, mm -hmm. After um, a period of time, yeah, I think you're granted that 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 idea that you know what I don't have to say yes to everything because uh, I know my value. I know my <laughs> I know yeah. my my value. My time is very valuable, and um, I enjoy what I'm doing regardless. And if yeah. someone would require my services, um, it's got to be the right fit. I'm at yeah. that, I'm at that point in my life where that yeah. that just makes sense. Yeah, I try to remember that. Sometimes you forget and just roll with something because you're like, oh, I could do with like some extra money or I could, you know, this and that. But I try and elevate myself to the uh, the thought process that you just described very precisely right there. Yeah. And sometimes um, those one offs may be you may find something really, really interesting. You may want to take a project here and there. That's just no, absolutely. That absolutely. Your project. I, yeah. I just said yes to something that I would maybe normally do but like 
to this band. They're great people. Uh, they're really lovely people, uh, and they have some gigs in uh, South Korea mm. that I, that I'm going to go and do in a, in a, um, in a few weeks. And cool. and I'm like, you know, that like when stuff like that comes about, I'm I'm like, nice people, uh, not not that related to what I'm doing. However, nice people, right. great music. I love I love the music, uh, and like I get to go to South Korea and get paid well. <laughs> it's like you know it's uh when things come together like that you're like oh okay i'm there's no no way i'm not going to jump on that yeah yeah um but uh so i'm yeah i feel very thankful for being in a place where opportunities like that can can come around you know um and um and and yeah um but i i, I don't i don't like seek them out as much as i maybe could or 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 you know that as i don't see them out as much as many other people uh, do in town you know a lot of people this is the town of of uh of networking and smooching and going out every night and uh, meeting people and shaking hands and then getting gigs with big artists and blah 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 and strutting your stuff constantly in various scenarios this is the town for that you know and uh and i try to force myself to do it a little bit sometimes because things come and opportunities arise when you are in the game you know so I definitely force myself as a player to go out and do it a little bit, but um, but like I don't do it as much out of need as as much uh, more more sort of out of um, you know knowing that life opens up when things happen and people come your way and and you make yourself available to the world, you know, and like it's for anybody who wants to do work as a session guitarist you know or like to get paid playing in all sorts of scenarios you know like apart apart from step one which is be you know be great at what you do and like really have you know you got to do the work <laughs> and like sh do the shedding for for probably years and years before you're ready to present yourself as somebody who, who people want to employ but then the second big one is you know you got to be out there and like meet people and and strut your stuff, you know, and like uh, do jam sessions and all that kind of stuff. And I never really did that that much. But like whenever I have, things have opened up and I'm like, oh, wow, I wonder what would have happened if I, or what would happen if I did this all the time, you know? <laughs> like if you literally went out and, you know, really showed yourself and like yeah. shook lots of hands and da da da, you know, because I see people doing that, you know? Yeah. I have a, a friend who just moved here from Nashville uh, and he like booked a lunch meeting with me uh, as soon as he moved here. And like, we had a chat and I like, could sense that he was very networky and like working his way into the scene. And now like he's been here for not even a year. Now he's out. Uh, I just saw he posted that he's touring with Dokken. Oh, wow. um, do you remember Dokken? Oh yeah. Right. So he, they're doing like a string of dates over the next few months. And like, he's the bass player in that now. Very cool. He's actually from Sweden uh, originally, but he was in Nashville uh, uh, for a long time. I, I met him when I played at the Ryman Auditorium. He came to that show and then we hit it off. But like, so he's a nice guy, but like pretty new to the LA scene. And he's just mm. like scored a, you know, a major rock gig. Uh, and, and he's like extremely networky and just like, you know, really all the jams, showing his face, shaking the hands and, and, uh, 
so that's how people do it you know yeah. if anybody was wondering <laughs> well it comes down to that that balance thing that we were talking about before you know anytime any point in time in your life that balance shifts and you may at this point in your life for the next three months six months whatever it is need to go out and and promote yourself and and get yourself known within those networks and start to kind of build yourself up but at the same time if you also have an if you're established as a brand you definitely need to take that time throughout your day or whatever it is on another period of time where you needed to dedicate that time towards you and your brand and building whether it's online presence and doing videos or because that obviously takes a lot of work and then you know <laughs> doing both at the same time or even a third thing where you, you know you're playing with artists you're touring with artists or you're recording artists uh, there's a very balance that you kind of have to take on and in terms of okay where are my priorities and how do i you know what is my main goal over the next six months? Do I want to build my brand? Do I want to get networking out there? Do I want to, because yeah. no matter, no matter what, each one of those is going to take time and it's going to take time away from one another. <laughs> yeah, totally. So, and everything always takes more time than you think yeah. or than, than you like to accept. So uh, yeah. something always gets pushed down the priority list. And then you, uh, half a year later, you're like, oh, there was that thing. I was, you know, <laughs> that's a continuous thing for me you know i always load up my calendar and then choose you know it's like you it's the paul hogan uh attitude it's like you fill your mouth and you chew as quickly as you possibly can i think he said he said something like that around being crocodile dundee like you basically you know you you chew as fast as you can to get you know whatever and then whatever gets done gets done um yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, that, that's kind of my methodology. But uh, and that can be kind of hard on the old uh, nervous system, you know. That if you're just constantly, like you were saying, you know, you constantly, like today, you have to chase after the gig. You know, you got to learn. You put all that stuff inside your head, and then like run out to the gig and play it all. And then you get back, and you're like, oh, there's those gigs in the weekend that I got to fill all this my head with all this other music and learn it and. Mm -hmm. continuous thing where you're always like <laughs> running after the next thing and I, I i feel that very much and i think probably a lot of people don't realize that that's the actual life of most musicians that make it you know uh, as full-time musicians it's like it's not just like this life of yeah i've got my gig and i'm going to the gig and then we gotta chill and have some beers it's like no, oh no. My God. yeah there's some of that but it's what happens after that's like <laughs> okay yeah. i gotta keep on rolling <laughs> yeah because that gig is gonna end <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it's yeah it's, exhausting to go out and network at bars i'm always it used to be so much more fun and now that i'm in bars so much playing like the last thing i want to do on my night off is go to a bar like i just spent yeah. the last three nights in bars and, right yeah and being in a bar if you're out late at night networking then you're not waking up early and getting stuff done although i'm, I'm an early i get i'm far more productive in the mornings so yeah. it just it tears me up to be out late to like yeah. I feel like I lost a whole day of work if I'm out late. Yeah, no, I hear you. I get up like clockwork every morning. It doesn't matter how late I go to work as well. I go to sleep. So uh, sleep deprivation is like a, it's a, it's an Brutal. issue. You just yeah, got to keep drinking coffee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's, you know, it's, uh, 
I get times where I'm like, okay, I've gone too far into not having enough sleep. And then I'm like, I gotta cut something out at some point uh, in terms of the workload and then like have a night or two where I try to like not work or whatever. Cause I, I, my body tells me like, sometimes it's like, okay, too much. Yeah. Uh, you need like more than four and a half hours of sleep for like five days in a row, you know, like, it starts to get a little yeah no that was me last week <laughs> my oh, yeah. my eyes my eyes started twitching on a daily basis like oh yeah um, i've had uh, I've the had doctor that. and he's like yeah that's a yep you, you need to get some sleep buddy <laughs> like, okay <laughs> yeah well just like you want to listen to you know an audience you're building you got to listen to your body yep yeah exactly right I definitely try and, and do that. And my body talks to me quite often at the moment. <laughs> yeah. 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 But like you were saying, I, I, I think there is a time and a place to grind. Uh, you, there's a, definitely a period in your life where you have to push and you have to, you, just, you have to go through it. You have to kind of build your, your identity up within the, yeah. the environment. And you do eventually fingers crossed, not always, it's not a guarantee, but eventually you get to a point where you can say, okay, I'm comfortable and I can take on clients that I want to work with and that, mm. you know, everything is, is good. I don't have to grind as much anymore because I've paid my dues. Yeah, um, maybe. Yeah. I, I, uh, man, I don't, I'm so far away from feeling like I've paid my dues. Oh yeah. I don't know I that. Mean, I, I look away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Grinding is, uh, become such a, part of the fabric of my life you know yep. just like uh it's just uh it's just the default thing you know and uh and i'm proud of what i'm kind of achieving somewhat proud i guess but like yeah. i am so freaking far from some of the big goals that i know that i have that that i that i'm i'm not there yet you know so i'm like and i and that's also what helps me to focus on the right things and say no to certain things because I'm like getting more and more. I try to make myself really aware of, of, you know, the, the goals and, and like where I want to go and like, and grind, use that grind to try and get there, you know, and, or, or get somewhere that sits in at least the region of where I'd like to, where I'd like to be, you know? Um, yeah. With the idea of the, I like to often try to think of my cup being half full you have achieved some incredible things. I mean, you just like, just like, it was very casual the way that you, you're like, yeah, I played at the Ryman in, in Nashville and you just like, we didn't talk about it anymore, but you've played some incredible venues. You've had the opportunity to play with incredible musicians. Yes. I mean, yeah. no, I feel very blessed for that. If, yeah, you've been able to do great things. So what, you know, what were a couple of your favorite, like the thing, like life defining gigs or performances well the hollywood bowl was was a was a big one uh i've, I've performed at the royal albert hall like uh, oh, uh wow. actually a, quite a few times well the first time i did it was uh was supporting it's a really long time ago but uh it was me and an irish girl uh supporting like this band uh and it was completely sold out but uh, so they weren't there for us, but like it was the first time I played it and it was literally just the two of us, me on a guitar and her singing. 
in front of a full Royal Albert Hall. <laughs> that was that was one of the first times that as a session mus- musician, somebody had gone, you know, um, all right, cool, I see you there. Uh, you can handle this, right? Just hold down the, uh, inst- uh, the you know, the music part of uh, this little situation, you guys playing for, for a full <laughs> Royal Albert Hall. That was one of the, the moments where I was like... Okay, yeah, I can uh, I I can do this because it went well and awesome. whatnot. That was that was a big moment. Um, and then like re- recording at Abbey Road, we did the a, I did a series with an a great American singer actually called Christina Train. Um, she got signed with Blue Note. She, uh, she was out touring with Herbie Hancock on yeah. fiddle wow. and singing. So she's a very talented musician. Um, but she did a so- uh, an album with Blue Note, and then she did a song or sorry an album. She got signed with uh, what was Mercury Records at the time in England. And uh, so I got pulled in to to do that um, thing. And it was really cool, uh, that project. Uh, she got, like, playlists and got some, you know, she, she did pretty well in Europe, but it didn't fully kick off, uh, which was a, a real shame. But anyway, we did it, a lot of the really big media and press uh, in, in, in England, and uh, one of the things we did was this uh, series that they had at Abbey Road on, I think, Channel 4, one of the big TV stations where they had, you know, an artist come into uh, Abbey Road and then they filmed it and recorded it. And then it was, you know, on TV and whatever. And uh, that was my first time. I've been to Abbey Road uh, since then, but that was my first time at Abbey Road. That was, uh, that, and again, one of those things where you're like, yep, Abbey Road, Beatles. I was like, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> but, but yeah, mo- most my most recent one, uh, I'm blabbering on here but um no by all means <laughs> <laughs> but my i just appreciate you know it's the kind of things that i mean i try to appreciate those moments now more than ever because you know it's like i feel like sometimes life is a, as a musician is like you know five percent amazing freaking moments that you cherish forever and then like 95 percent grind yeah you know, it's like literally or travel, you know, 50% travel, <laughs> which also can be grind. I like to grind while I travel. But like, <laughs> but uh, the most recent good one uh, moment that I had was in last year, uh, in October, I did some shows on my own, in my own name, and playing like you playing solo. Uh, I also played with um, some other guitarists, actually, I played with a guy called Mike Dawes. Oh yeah, he's awesome, fingerstyle guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's uh, like one of the top like fingerstyle dudes, and uh, uh, we've really hit it off. And we actually we ended up um, collaborating on a uh, on some songs um, uh, that night, or a few nights actually. Uh, and we've also just recorded in this studio. We've just recorded uh, a couple of songs together that will come out soon. Um, oh, cool. So came to LA as well, but but anyways, um, this was in Colombia. Uh, at like this um, guitar festival in Colombia, and and uh, we had I had some great moments with him, but I also had some moments where I was uh, on my own, um, just doing my music in front of like it was like the two best nights were like and there was an outdoors gig where I got this idea to make a loop out of the ending of one of my songs, and then just because I'd just seen all these fingerstyle guys interacting with the audience and being like the other, one of the other guys was Thomas Leap. I don't know if you know that guy. He's a um, one of the OG like fingerstyle dudes from, uh, from all the way back to the '90s. But like, um, he was pretty amazing at like dealing with the crowd and whatnot. So I was like, I gotta like, I gotta step up and do something here, like because I was on like after these guys. 
So it's like an open air thing, like a lot of people, uh, but the people are up for it. And it's just me and a guitar and a loop. So I was like, wow, what can I do? So I started doing this. Um, uh, I, I, you know, set up a loop at the end of my song, this song called um, Science of Traffic. And then oh, I've been listening to that. That's right. Cool. But I like I made a like a solo loop version of, of that song. Uh, and and then I just felt I start to play phrases. And then I was like, sing it a lot, sing it. And then they would sing it. And so I, I got this call and response thing up with like this pretty big crowd on this outdoor gig. And then, um, and it really worked. And uh, people really, you know, sang, sang it back to me. And I was like, that was the, one of the most powerful moments. Also because it was a spur of the moment thing. So that was one of the, like the most uplifting moments um but actually that was the, that was the start of it then we played some other gigs during that tour and the last one was at this massive theater called el teatro adolfo or something uh, in uh, in cartagena in colombia and it was full and it was like a you know proper like i don't know 1500 2000 like a big theater full of people and i had those people singing back my lines uh that night after having like kind of practiced it with other crowds and that night it was like that's one of the best nights I think, <laughs> in, in, in memory that i can think of because you know not only was it a you know i played for many crowds that size but i, I it was it was me on stage doing my music and having them sing that back and the singing bit you know is i don't know it's just another level of interaction when you get people to sing back at you you know, um, that really, uh, I haven't played a gig since then without having, making people do that <laughs> because, because it works so well that I feel like, like that, that made, made connect, you know? Yeah. People want that. Like they want to yeah. be included in the performance. Absolutely. Like, and like, I, you know, the way that I make music and the way, or some of the music that I make, I think is not that inclusive. Like it can be very nerdy and very technical and, and I want to reach people, but I'm also kind of a quirky guy, you know, and uh, so, you know, uh, doing something like that, which is very inclusive, uh, it really helped. And it really made a big difference in terms of like feeling like, holy shit, I really, uh, I really connected with uh, that crowd. And they, 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 they felt something when they were, you know, and, and, uh, and I felt something like, yeah. I very few moments I can think of that made me feel as amazing as having like a full theater playback, my phrases that I was making up on the spot. That's, that's, that's living in my book, you know? Um, so I, I kind of, I want to, you know, I'm uh, going to chase moments like that from, from, you know, from, from here on out. <laughs> yeah. Hey, if you, if you never did anything, you know, quote unquote impressed like successful in the music world again you've already like you know you could you could relive those moments in your head for the rest I guess, of your life yeah. Yeah. but i've got that going back to what aaron was saying about like resting your on your or not resting on your laurels but like you know reaching a place where you can not grind i don't know if i'll ever get to that man i it'll always just no. spur me on like yeah. a moment like that will just spur me on to try and get more to something even better you know like yeah. uh it's in your dna that. man as a musician <laughs> that's, it. that's it man i think we uh, all have it you know it's like or or anybody that you know makes something happen and, and makes it you know makes it work as a musician you know it's in your dna to just be like hey what's next you know yep. let's do this 
Uh, as you get better at your instrument, you you'd think you're like, as soon as you can do the thing that you like set out to do, like technically on the instrument or musically, it's like as soon as you get there, or by the time you've in the process of getting there, you've discovered all the other things that you want to, you know, the nut the next level, and it's you're just you can't ever get there. It's a constant struggle of yeah. Oh, I can do this amazingly fast pentatonic Eric Johnson thing. And now I see that like, that's what I thought was cool a long time ago. And now that I can do that, it's, it's this thing that's two steps away. It's just never, never ending. Yeah. 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 One thing that's scary about nowadays is, I mean, I used to like, and I know it's super cocky, but I used to feel like I've even said it on like mainstream media in Denmark, like that. I felt like, you know, I could play anything anybody's going to want me to play Mm -hmm. and that's pretty cocky to say that but i was like you know i think i can work out most things and make it work but like i'm gonna have to take that back now because like looking at looking at certain players now and like um what people are able to do and like it's you know it's pretty it's a pretty interesting uh situation what the guitar world has, has gotten into now because you know people have unprecedented like access to learning and like just really can and some people you know will their parents will like if not even just facilitate they might even push people into really digging deep from an early early age and like you know so now you have like monstrous players that are like super young and all these kind of you know there's all these like especially like all the legato kind of guys you know like the the people that have taken like the Holdsworth stuff. Yeah. Next level, like, um, you know, you have um, Tom Quayle mm-hmm. or you have a really uh, a new a new guy called, I don't know if you've come across Alex Sill. Mm-hmm. Um, he was just out with um, oh, some kind of pretty fusion legend dudes. Um, uh, but anyways, um, he, uh, he literally just did that. And um, like, he's just a young dude uh, he's here in la but like he's got that legato thing down where you're like what the f- <laughs> <laughs> it's like i can't do that that's yeah. what yeah. you know it's like that uh you want to play and i've wanted to play like a saxophone player for a long time hence like doing a lot of sweeping like frank and bali style and like you know i i love all that like uh, the idea of being able to fly like a saxophone player you know up and down and just you know really fluid kind of stuff there's guys that are doing that with legato now that i'm just like what the just happened like just patterns upon patterns that they've worked in you know uh uh, um, you know it's got to be done slowly i guess and just like worked in these uh combinations like of patterns that just create this ridiculous flow and uh, i gotta take my hat off and be like okay that's that's next level you know and there's there's that's definitely happening right now that you 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 start to see players that have taken certain certain aspects of of guitar to like a level where you're like what yeah it's amazing yeah um and and inspiring it's cool but you have to you know despite all the the you know showy things that people can do it i find myself the more as i mature as a player i find myself trying to play less fast 
I, I like I listen to videos of myself and it's too busy and I'm like yeah. as to be a better player I need to play less is more the problem that I'm dealing with currently yeah. and trying to trying to fix like play the right note at the right time you know maybe you know play fast when it's called for but land it right and yeah um, yeah I hear you I'm most people just to... don't care that you just the majority of people listening unless they're like guitar guys yeah or girls like they don't they're not as impressed by the speed and you know technique they're more impressed by something that hits them in the heart yeah i was gonna say it's the emotion you know it's and that's what i try and focus on like and i'm i don't feel like i'm there but but like i i i'm becoming increasingly aware of and and trying to focus more and more on the emotion you know that you're creating and sometimes it's hard when you're uh when you're a mu musician like we are and you can disseminate everything and you can you know you can uh, you can really pull things apart and uh and 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 you pull things things apart as a default thing you know you can i'm like i listen to something and i'm like okay it's three four dorian <laughs> mode uh oh he started that phrase on the two you know <laughs> stupid <laughs> stuff like that just immediately registers and then but and then when once you start to make music, you know, you re realize that stuff about your own music. And then most people, not most people, but many people, including myself, can sometimes get caught up in focusing on those things, you know, like uh, where it's like, oh, that, that bit was cool or that bit. I didn't really hit that thing as good as, as well as I wanted to or whatever. And then sometimes you lose sight of what's really, I mean, it depends what you're trying to do. But like if you're trying to, communicate with like people uh and maybe not just guitarists then it's like you know you you want to pay some you want to you want to pay some attention or you know to you know what general emotion that's happening there and uh i'm trying to focus more and more on that you know because it's like um it's pretty a large part of what music is to most people is <laughs> what it makes uh somebody feel and and that's why you know you know, uplifting music or funk music or, you know, dance music or whatever is so popular because it's like people are like, yeah, I know how I feel when I listen to that. I feel great. So, of course, I'm going to want to listen to that, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's pretty simple. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, um, I try and, you know, sometimes steer through, you know, steer towards or, or to at least make myself aware of what I'm trying to, create in terms of uh emotion for for other people um i think listeners are becoming very aware of that as well that the music scene is becoming very aware of or, or the you know uh, listeners are becoming aware of what they're using the music for you know like with spotify it's like there's the playlists are like you know chill or yeah. reading studying study music or driving music you know things are music music is kind of becoming a, a commodity and you know a lot of people that are doing well as music makers are doing well because their music is being it, it fits into a certain scenario you know i know i know some people that within the fingerstyle community um because i've worked with the you know this label that have a lot of the fingerstyle guys um and some of those people uh, do really well on Spotify because they they churn out these kind of acoustic chill things that just get playlisted on like major playlists for people that just want to have a chill vibe. 
uh, on and so they just put on like this playlist with spotify or they get played in in uh bars and starbucks and you know restaurants all over the place and they you know they they're start you know they make dosh out of that just because the music is being used at us you know for a certain vibe and good on them it's a good thing <laughs> um Awesome. Well, Aaron, do you have any other questions? Um, uh, I have just one quick one. Um, I definitely want to be respectful of your time. That's cool. Um, I would like to know where the name Quist came from. That's part A. And then part B, what is the future for yourself? Uh, Well, Quist is um, part of my last name. Um, And also phonetically. Uh, quist means twig in uh, Danish and in Swedish, I guess. Um, and I'm like not, I'm not, I'm not a big man, so twig, uh, <laughs> twig, uh, <laughs> sort of made sense. Uh, so quist it was, and I've been quist since I was a teenager. Awesome. So that's that. Um, and uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I'm going to continue what I'm doing because some of it's uh, kind of working pretty well. But uh, my main uh, focus is to um, create more music that I'm actually proud of. I feel like I've put out a lot of music that I'm not as proud of as I'd like to be. Um, And uh, so I'd like to make some music that I can feel truly uh, has um, hit, you know, all the factors came together at the right time. So I'm going to keep on chasing that, making some music that I'm actually proud of and, uh, and, uh, and building my audience, you know, um, the way that, um, that people do. And um, my focus is to come out uh, in my own name and do things like the one I just described in Colombia. Uh, I want to make that happen a lot more. And going back to what we were talking about, playing with other people, that feeling uh, is, you know is something that i love as well so i i i'm working on finding the the best way to go out and play in my own name um both as a solo artist but also you know with a band probably as a solo artist but with a band um i i want to make that happen more and uh, that's certainly a focus because uh, that's kind of the missing hustle in my current scenario like um i've really focused a lot uh in the recent year i've focused a lot on um building my own thing in my own name uh, because it's because i can actually you know i can actually live off it now uh, I, I don't have to do other things but uh like i said at the very start of this interview as well i've been a performer since i was six so i need to perform and I love to perform with like big artists and stuff and I will do that again and, and continue to do that but I you know in an ideal world I will uh, get my own thing to the kind of level where I can uh, go and tour properly uh, in my own name um, with and without band uh, with me Twist and the Heartbreakers <laughs> yeah <laughs> back in band I just did a, a record here uh, with um somebody who's very uh, influenced by Tom Petty and we did uh, one of the Petty's songs as well and, and uh, uh, it's pretty great music I actually saw him at the Hollywood Bowl like weeks before he died oh, wow yeah he's uh, he's amazing 
I love Tom Petty's music. Yeah. Yeah. Weirdly enough, last night I had to look up "damn the torpedoes" because I didn't. It was used in a sentence, and I didn't really know what it meant. So I had to look it up, and I realized, oh yeah, it's a it's an album of his. But I didn't really realize what it meant. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, he's he's amazing. But uh, yeah, I hope that I answered it. Uh, yeah. uh, that that's that's uh, that's the plan, and uh, awesome. I want to thank you guys for uh, for uh, you know the exposure on your uh, on your. Uh, channel and and uh and on the podcast i appreciate well, it thank Absolutely. you it's it's been a pleasure we, we we've really enjoyed having you um awesome. if, if you could let everybody in our audience know where they could go to find out more about you oh yeah sure um well my my website is a uh, is a good starting place it's uh quist orama like futurama but uh quist orama so q-u-i-s-t-o-a-o-r-a-m-a.com quistorama.com and uh I mean, my YouTube channel is uh, is a uh, is a uh, the hub of crea- creation. I guess like the, that's where the a lot of the stuff comes out first, and uh, that's Quist TV. Uh, the URL is Quist TV, so you can look up Quist or Quist Jam or, or whatever. Um, and uh, that's it. Yeah. Awesome. The, the, yeah. Those are good places to find my my stuff. It's been really fun. I've enjoyed getting to ask you. Lots of questions, and it's yeah. been really, uh, really great to chat with you guys. I really uh, appreciate it, um, yeah. and uh, hopefully we'll meet uh, in real life as well. Yes, yes, indeed. Yeah, awesome. Thank you so much, guys. Yeah, thank you, man. Bye. See you later. Bye. Yeah. Bye.